Hello and welcome to Actuarial People with myself, James Turner. I'm excited to be launching a brand new podcast where each week I'll be speaking with the UK actuary. My aim is to give you, the listener, greater insight into the people behind the profession and their personal career journeys. So we'll cover things like why and how they became an actuary, what they do on a day-to-day basis, how they balance work and study with life, any specialisms they've developed, and how their role has evolved over time. So whether you're an actuary yourself, or you're aspiring to become one in the future, welcome and enjoy. Welcome to Actuary People, Mayowa Okolate. Thanks James, good to be here. Thanks very much for joining me today. Uh, how are you feeling? In fact, I, I know that it was your work Christmas party last night. So how was that? It, and, and how it are you was. Today? <laughs> do, you know, do you know, I was really worried about um, doing the podcast the following morning after. Um, but I, to be honest, I think I think it, was, it wasn't a bad idea because I still feel a bit, a bit sort of, you know, excited. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a very good night. Um, I actually ended up going to two Christmas parties yesterday. Really? Because um, I recently changed jobs. And so I got invited to my previous um, employer's Christmas party. Oh, that's nice. Which didn't go, it didn't go down very well when I had to leave early at, the, <laughs> at my new employers. Because they were like, <laughs> why are you going back to your ex for? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but yeah, and it, was, it was nice. It was fun. Um, so yeah, I didn't. I didn't stay out too late because I obviously I knew I knew I had to, you know, be be here today to to do this. So um, uh, well, I hope. I mean, you chose the date. Yeah, yeah, gave you a choice, yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, I won't yeah. take the blame for that one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. Fantastic. Well, I wondered if you could just begin by giving the the listeners a quick overview of who you are and what you do today, and then we'll go back to the beginning and, and work through from there. Yeah, um, as you said, I'm Iowa. Um I I'm a pensions actuary. Even though I don't really like to describe myself as a pensions actuary, I think I'm an actuary right now. Um, but I think I am maybe just a, a guy who was trying to figure out what they wanted to do, and and you know the actuarial world came by, and and so far it's been it's been great. So I've been in the industry for over nearly eight years actually. Um, started off working for Mercer which was in Belfast, um, was there for a year. Um, that was my first actuarial job. I actually had a, a non-actuarial job straight from uni, um, working for an asset management firm in, in London. Um, and that was actually where I, I, I encountered the world of actuaries. So yeah, so I worked for Mercer for a year, and then I came back to London um, to work for LCP, where I was at I'd spent six plus, just over six years, and I recently just joined um, Just. So yeah, it's been it's been good. Um, so that's who I am in terms of work. Um, I guess outside of work, um, I, I'm I'm married. Um, recently married, sort of three months ago. I got married. Um, thank you. That was in Belfast. That was very good fun. It was yeah. I I'm I'm that guy who doesn't. Who doesn't um, think that having a big wedding is a good idea? But actually, I had a big wedding and I really loved it. So um, I think I think yeah. Um, what else? I big big sort of sports fan. Play football, run, all that kind of stuff. And that's probably it in terms of how I describe myself. 
Perfect. Well, I, I usually start with this question, and, and you said you deliberately hadn't listened to any of the other episodes, but you've already sort of half answered this, but we'll, we'll uh, go through it in a bit more detail. So talk us through where, where you were and how you discovered that Actuaries existed. Right. So, see, so as I was saying, I was... Uh, so, so actually, I had, a, I had a pretty non-typical route because um, I, had a, I did a chemical engineering degree at uni, so I had no idea. I didn't even know... I, like if you told me, if you said the word actuary to me, I would have thought you're talking about, I don't know, I don't know, someone, something acting related. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something very <laughs> different. Um, so I, yeah, so I, after uni, I, I needed a job. I found a job working, it was actually a compliancy type role, um, working in the city. Um, again, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I've always sort of lived my life learning from people that have come before me. So in, in my context, then it was my siblings. But we were all sort of medics, and I was never really good at biology or the sort of medical-oriented subjects. Yeah. Um, but I was good at maths. That was one thing I was good at. And so I was really looking for how can I leverage my maths into a career. So when I went to work for that guy in the city, he I think he saw that um, I could do something else. And so from his accountant, accountancy sort of background, he kind of said to me that, look, I think this is something that you'd be good at. And I read a book, actually. Um, and I guess the book kind of gave me a framework of where actuaries work and what kind of work they do. Very, very high level, but, it, you know, I got the idea of what it was. Do you remember what the book was? Oh, um, no, I can look it up and, 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 <laughs> and send you a message. Just I can't remember. Interest, yeah. yeah, no, I can't remember the name of the book. Um, but I remember, I remember th- this sense of, you know, actuaries do different things. You can be in this sector, you can be in pensions, you can be in insurance, you can be in investment. You can, you know, you can work for for clients, or you can sort of work for an insurance company where your client is essentially your your, your employer, and so that gave me like a sort of high level sense of what it was about. And I started doing interviews, and actually, he, my manager at the time, was helping me with interviews, which I was kind of like, "Are you trying to? Are you trying to yeah. get me out of here as quickly are you as doing you can?" Something wrong? You, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> um, but I think he was just a lovely guy and um, very supportive, and so yeah, so that was how I. Got my first, my first actuarial job. Um, so I, I say it was non-typical because um, of my sort of engineering background. I think a lot of people that I've worked with have sort of been, um, you know, maths or, yeah, more I think mostly maths or actuarial um, sort of degrees. Yeah. How did you get into chemical engineering? Why, why did you get on that path? Ah, uh, so, <laughs> so I guess I guess you know, being a Nigerian. Um, Many Nigerian kids, because um, I guess in Nigeria we have a big oil and gas industry. Um, so many Nigerian kids who want to be successful think that um, that's a way. Um, I mean, like I said, all I knew I was I knew I was good at maths. I was kind of good at chemistry, and I thought, okay, if I ha- if I have a chemical engineering degree, it might help me to work in this industry and make a lot of money. <laughs> That was kind of the that was that was kind of the plan. But then I went through the degree and I and I realized that actually it was just the maths that I liked the the science stuff not so much. And you know the the world of finance um, always felt like a mystery to me. Um, I was really keen. I was really sort of how can I 
break into this industry? How can I sort of use what I know how to do and apply it in, in this industry? And I think that was also the one thing that actuarial work um, sort of showed me because I saw it as, I didn't do it because I liked to work in pensions or insurance or whatever. I saw it at the start as, you know, this is a very thorough um, training program to really understand this world that I, that I, that I, that I would like to understand. Um, so yeah, so yeah, so I went into it, and um, yeah, seven, eight years down the line, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's good. So your your first job, so you mentioned Mercer, and that was in Belfast. How how did that come about? Because were you working in Belfast? In your no, job no, no. Or? So all I've I'd been in London. I went to uni in London. Um, I think so. I, after after my previous job, I took like a break, and I wanted to go traveling. Um, but I didn't, I, <laughs> so I was in America, I was, um, I was visiting my sister at the time and, um, just trying to do a little bit of traveling and I, you know, when I got to a point where I was like, well, I don't think I have, I don't think I have enough money to do the traveling that I want to do. I think I should probably look for a job. Um, and I had been interviewing before I left the, the UK, but I was still interviewing while I was traveling. And the first, actually, yeah, the first job I got was a Mercer one in Belfast. So I was like, sure, um, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm traveling, so I might as well go to Belfast and, <laughs> and, see, and see what it's like. Um, so I, I, yeah, so I went to Belfast and it's interesting because um, I was only there for a year, but I met my, my, I met my wife there in that one year. So um mm-hmm. I still go back there now. It still feels like it feels a bit like home still, even though I was in there for a short period. Um, so yeah, that's how that's kind, of, that's kind of how Belfast sort of came into the picture, and um, still kind of is in the picture. How did you find it? Because obviously, as you say, some people just do straight maths, or they might do actuarial science. You came coming in from chemical engineering into your first actuarial job. What was it like? Do you remember when you first started your first few weeks? I remember. A few things. So, I think the first thing that did it for me was the exams. So I, I think I took the first exam just uh, just soon after I started the job. Because I was, I think I was also trying to work out if I would like to do exams. So I did. I, I think I signed up for an exam using my own money just to sort of give it a go and see. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, what's all the sort of there's a lot of notations in actuarial um, exams, so like a dot, a dot, dot, uh, and they and they all mean different things, you know, a with a a with a bar above it. <laughs> I was like, what's up, what's up? <laughs> so it, was, it really threw me off. Um, and then there was the actual job, um, you know, I I'd, I'd use spreadsheets a little bit at uni, but not to the extent at which, you know. I needed to for the job, you know, and, and mm-hmm. I was working with a lot of people who were very, very good with with sort of spreadsheets and writing codes and yeah, so I get I guess I felt a little bit like oh, this is this is gonna be hard. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, but like like most things, you sort of try it and you you know, you keep going and eventually it starts to make sense and and um yeah it wasn't it was I, didn't, I, mean, I guess people were nice um people were very helpful 
and that kind of made it a bit easier to to sort of lend the ropes and and um yeah and what, and what did you think about pensions because i guess you could have you know if, if if you had applied to a different job or if you'd if the wind had blown the other way you could have ended up in insurance yeah, and investments that's, that, that that that's it that's that's interesting because um i i also had an interview before mercer with an insurance company but they were they were like our interview date is tomorrow and i said look i'm i'm in america i can't come tomorrow can you wait for me to get back and they said no we only have a slot tomorrow i was like okay fine um so i couldn't i couldn't actually interview with them so i could have yeah i could have easily ended up you know somewhere else so i think i think pensions came to me i didn't i didn't know that you know that was when my passion was so i saw it sort of as it's important um, it's a big part of sort of the, the economy, um, and I guess it took me a while to fully understand the essence of the job. And I think even now I'm still sort of struggling. But the way I kind of like put it is, well, my, I think my essence was and still is um, to ensure that people who have been promised pensions get paid their pensions. Um, how we do it varies from team to team or from, from department to department, but that's kind of the end goal of, I think, of everything that we do, you know, mm-hmm. ensuring that these people, you know, receive their promises. So I saw it as an important job and sort of, a, you know, a part of the, of the wheel that needed to work for the system to work. And I think that kind of helped me, because I think, I think sometimes with work, and this is my attitude to work, if I understand the bigger picture and I feel like what I'm doing is impactful, then the actual sort of day-to-day detail of it um, always feels more sort of palatable and easier to, to get on with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think once I, once I started to understand, okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, then I think it became easier. And then even approaching the exams as well, I feel like at some stage you have to like what you do to, to be able to do the exams. Um, you can't really fake. You can't really fake. I don't know. Can you? I don't know if you can fake it. You can't really fake it. You have to kind of like it to be able to, because because a lot of the exams are very applicational. So you have to sort of apply some of the stuff from work in 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 in, in the exam. So yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if I've answered the question. But yeah, you I think, have. You have. You have. How how long did it take for you to start to get? I mean, you know. You're never going to stop learning, but at what point did you start to feel? Oh, well, actually, I get this. I understand the bigger picture. I understand why my part to play is really important and actually impacts people. Was that was that months? Was it years? Hi, guys. We'll get straight back to the conversation in a second. Just a quick reminder that when I'm not recording podcasts, I specialize in helping pensions actuaries with their career moves, and I'd love to help you when the time comes to explore your options. I work with people at all levels, whether you have a couple of years experience through to senior positions. My approach is different to most recruiters. I started my own business last year and work alone, which means I have zero pressure to hit targets and can just focus on giving the best possible help and advice. So whether you're thinking of making a move now or would just like to understand your options for the future, please get in touch via LinkedIn or email james at turnerperkins.com. Back to the show. Um, it's definitely not months. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think you still, yeah, like you say you still learn, and and um, I think I guess the closer you get to the members, the more, the better understanding you get. 
So I think actually I had a I had an experience um, during my time at LCP, which I always sort of look back on f- very fondly. Um, I got sent to do a secondment um, with um, an airline, and it was interesting because it was during COVID, and they had an actuarial evaluation to do, and the uh, pension scheme was in a massive deficit, and um, basically. The company who have the obligation to fund the pension scheme were not flying any planes at the time because there was COVID and so they were not making any money. And uh, the last thing on their mind was pension. They didn't want to talk about pension. They didn't want to entertain. Um, well, yeah. Um, they basically had other sort of priorities, if you could say that. So, yeah, so I was, I was asked to go support the trustees and sort of help with the discussions with the company, you know, how we're going to move the pension scheme forward. Um, and I think that opened my eyes a little bit because um, for the first time, I felt really close to the to the action. Like, you know, this is, this is, you know, the company are saying this, but they have very good reasons for feeling how they're feeling because this is, this is their reality. And I can, I can, I can see it. Like we can all see, you know, what's, what's going on in the world at the time. Yeah. Um and but also the pension scheme needed to be funded. <laughs> so um everyone has you know plausible reasons for feeling how they feel. Well, what are we gonna do? We need to we need to move forward. So it was, it was interesting sort of being there and sort of seeing how that works and also obviously in- interacting with the with the staff and the people at the at the sort of um company. And um so yeah, I think I think that gave me sort of a deeper insight of because I guess if you're not careful, you can sort of sit sit back in your office and you're sort of working for your company, your employer, your consultancy, doing all the numbers, putting the advice together, without fully sort of appreciating the you know the day-to-day realities of of these businesses. So I think that was yeah, that was that was a big part big part of my sort of shaping of my understanding of of you know of the complexities and the sort of non non straightforward issues that can come in and I can, I can actually affect how we think about paying those pensions that I said earlier so you were at Mercer in Belfast for one year why why did you move to LCP was that location being a factor or was there anything else um a little bit of a little bit of different things so like I said I I, I went to uni in London and so my a lot of my friends were in London, so I was I have a lot of family in London as well. So there's a bit of wanting to be back home, but also um, you know there are different models of businesses being run. So at Mercer, they had a function where they split up their sort of valuation data sort of technical team separately, and they ran it separately from the sort of consulting. Um, client face inside um, so you kind of get the work you do the work and then the work leaves so I wasn't I was in the to the valuation team mm-hmm. yeah so you do all the numbers and then the, and then the work leaves your desk and and you know you don't know what happens next and the consulting guys um, get the numbers from you and then they have to sort of check it and then present it to the client yeah. Um so I, I guess I wanted to see 
the wider spectrum of the work. I didn't want to sort of be in just one part. I wanted to sort of see it through. Um, and so LCP's model is different because at LCP, when you start as a graduate, you um, do all the technical and data and valuation stuff. And then as you sort of grow and and um, go up and go up the ranks, you start to do more of the consulting and client facing stuff. Um, so you kind of, I kind of, and I guess it was all one team working together. So you know, we 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 we, we, we saw each other, we worked we worked together. So we, you could always feel, you always felt like you were part of the full picture. We had team we had team meetings. So you know, even if you didn't go to the meetings, they would report. You know your your colleagues who went will report back to you. Yeah. Um. So you always felt like you 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 could see everything. You could you could challenge what was being agreed. Um. You weren't just being told or oh, make these numbers, but you knew why you were, um, making the numbers that you're making. Um. So I think for me, I found that more sort of satisfying. Satisfying is that a word? Um, satisfying. Sati- satisfying. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah, it just just it just kind of it made the work more enjoyable and 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 so I, yeah, I think that worked that worked for me better. I knew a lot of people who who who'd rather just you know do the numbers and and don't worry about not have to worry about the the other side. Um, I think being able to sort of see everything. Um, because I think over time as well, you kind of learn about about yourself a bit more. Um, so I think I think I used to think I was uh, I was uh, sort of very technical person who didn't like people but actually down the line i realized well i think i just like a bit of both i can't do too much of the technical stuff i get bored i need to be out talking to people as well mm-hmm. um but also i can't you know so it, i think there's a balance and and so i think i think i got yeah i think I, I think i got what i wanted at the time anyway um in in that in in that um change to lcp um obviously <laughs> i've moved on again <laughs> we'll, we'll come on to that in a in a bit yeah yeah but every everybody moves that's that's normal so and just just on what you were saying there so when when you realize that you don't want to just purely do the technical stuff you want to you want to meet people do, do you enjoy the client facing being in meetings getting to know their challenges or is it more about getting to understand the bigger picture more or a bit of both oh that's a good question um i think it's a bit of both um i think i haven't i would say i haven't done as much of the even though i've even though i've been at a consultancy for a long time i probably haven't done as much of the client facing actual presenting to clients as maybe some other people have at mm-hmm. my of my experience um but what i what i can say i have is i have the client understanding i, I know i know understand, i understand what the client needs i understand why the client is doing what they're doing so do I, I yeah i don't know i think i think i think i like a bit of both i i'm still trying to figure it out i'm still, I'm still trying to work out what i like more of um i think at at this moment in time, I would say the ideal situation for me is being able to sort of have the client exposure, but also being able to do the technical stuff that I that I think you know I'm good at doing. Yeah. What What are your What are your motivations? 
in terms of in a work context what is it that gets you going you wake up in the morning and oh I'm excited about this or are you someone who is always thinking about that next promotion or are you someone thinking about getting new opportunities and, and, and anything really but what what motivates you I think people so I think um I'm, I'm big on like teamwork and sort of um being able to empower people around me so I think I I, I flourish best when I'm in a good team right and also when i feel like we are working towards a common goal that has impact so in in my context in pensions it's kind of what i said before of you know i mean an exa- example was um i was chatting to a to a partner recently at, at, my, at my old job and he said to me oh um my mother's pensions is being paid by um just Please look after her, and and that's and that's a very tongue-in-cheek kind of thing to say. But um, for me, it's 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 that you know we need to do our job properly so that people get paid the right pensions, or you know people don't get you know. So so I think I think there's that sort of essence in in the background, and if you if I'm if I feel like I am part of a good team of people who are good at what they do, who want to be there, and I guess. I guess enjoy what they do and feel empowered enough and, and so that we can sort of have a good sort of work um, dynamic and enjoy being there and help each other. I think that's a big thing because, you know, a lot of the time you're doing very, very difficult projects and, um, you know, complex pension benefits um, that might take hours and hours and hours <laughs> and late nights and all that kind of stuff. So being able to sort of leverage on a good team who love helping each other who are happy to you know who are friendly and sort of making sure that you know there's a friendship in that team as well um i think i think is i think that's important that's what helps me to sort of get through the get through the the rigors of the job at times and i think that's really important actually so i think in terms of what motivates me is the people both in terms of the people that i work with I like I like being with the people that I work with because I think you know they they bring out the best in me, but also the end client of the work that we're doing. So you know this we need to pay pension. We need to make sure that you know people are paid properly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You you said at the beginning that you don't consider yourself a pensions actuary. You consider yourself an actuary. What did you mean by that? I think I think my my sort of the way I see my career it's kind of like it has i have been working in pensions i work in pensions right i like working in pensions but i could have been doing anything else and i think the 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 fact that my i came i came from a non-actuarial background i always sort of look back to remember you know you go into this for this reason and while you're in it you have to do you have to do your best. You have to give your best work. You have to, you know. But ultimately, um, you know, there's always a part of me that feels like, well, if I was doing something else, I would probably feel strongly about it as well. So, you know, so that mm. you know, so I guess, I guess, I guess, I'd, I, it's trying not to like pigeon my, pigeonhole myself into saying, oh, I'm a pension actuary because I feel like I could be doing anything else, and I could in five years' time feel like doing something else and I don't want to ever feel like oh no you have to 
have a pensions job because you know that's not why I got into pensions. And yeah, I guess is I guess for me it's just a way of making myself feel like I have some sort of freedom, even though I probably don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So you were at um, LCP for what, six years or so? Six, yeah, over six years, yeah. yeah, yeah. Over six years. What was behind the decision to start exploring things and, and ultimately moving to Just? So I, I took some time off work, three months um, sabbatical, where I went travelling. And it was, a ta- it was a good time to sort of sit back and reflect and think about what I have done up to that point, what I want to do next, you know, what work means to me, what do I like, what don't I like as much. And um, I think I also looked at the industry that I was in and sort of tried to understand the various parts to it. And this was at a time when I think we just had the mini budget and um, interest rates were going up and in terms of the work we were doing um pension scheme deciding to sort of report surpluses and so i think i think for companies it was kind of like well we've got surpluses maybe it's time to remove our risk and sort of transfer our pension schemes to, to, to insurance companies so I could sort of see that shift in the market. Um, and I thought to myself, well, you know, it's probably a good time to try something different. Um, if there was ever a time to think about working for an insurance company, maybe maybe now is the time, because strategically from a sort of high level, you know, the, the market seems to be moving, moving that way at the moment. So um, I will be busy <laughs> in my new job. Um, yeah. If I if I do get get a new job in that industry, um, so and and for me it's always been you know try as many things as you can, and I you know it's never it's from I, I don't I don't like you know sort of being too comfortable, um, and I was starting to get a little bit like that. Maybe I wasn't challenging myself enough, um, so I kind of felt like okay now is the time to you know, put yourself out there again. Yeah, challenge yourself, basically. So I applied and, um, yeah. How, how is it? Lots of people listening might might be thinking about making that move at some point in the future. They may be making certain assumptions about what the role would look and feel like, but how have you actually found it? And how is it different from consulting? I think it's been good. I think it's a different way of thinking. Um, as I said before, so in, in sort of consulting... Your client is the pension scheme or schemes that you're sort of working for. Um, and you might have, you know, a number of them. Whereas in the sort of insurance company sense, um, your client is, is your employer. So you're kind of, every work you're doing um, feels like more sort of directly impacting you and your colleagues. So you're trying to write good business because if you write good business, it's going to, help the business that you work for and so it, it kind of feels more it feels more serious in the sense that well we need to we need to understand numbers that we're doing we need to, like in, in, the, in the in sort of consulting space you work out the number and the company pays some 
contribution, they fund the pension team. So it's kind of like, so your your consultant don't you get paid for doing your work, right? The cash flows don't affect you directly. Whereas here, you know your 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 employer, you you do the numbers. Your employer uses that number to charge, and that's where that's where you get paid from. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So if you know it's a it's a different way of thinking, and um, I think if you're someone who's curious and wants to sort of get the, get a breath of of how the world of pensions work, or even sort of maybe even bigger than just pensions, but also insurance companies. I think I think one aspect that I haven't touched on um, that I've I'm having, I mean, I've only been there less than a month. Okay. Um, so I've not been there you know, plenty of time to sort of have a very, I don't know, insightful um, commentary. But there's a, there's a lot more focus on things like, I don't know, solvency, for example, or reinsurance, for example. You know, the sort of things that we don't really think or talk about much um, in, in the pension side. That kind of thing. So yeah, it's 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 been an interesting one. Um, still still sort of learning, very much uh, learning. Mm. It's really interesting. I didn't realize you've only been there a few weeks, actually. But it's good yeah. to get your initial view. You know, at this yeah. point in time, and obviously that will change once you once you've got a bit more experience and, and know what you're exactly. doing. But you were talking about earlier pensions. You know, how relatable is it given that the people you're looking after are from a previous generation? What do you think about, first of all, the future of the pensions industry in terms of what will pensions actuaries be doing in 5, 10, 15 years' time, given that more schemes are expected to be bought out? But also any views on the current generation? You know, we know that DC pensions aren't likely to provide people the same level of, of savings. Do you, do you worry about that? And yeah, so two questions in one. <laughs> I, think, I think one view is that... Um... The system is cyclical in the sense that things that have been before find a way of coming back. So I know we've moved from DB to DC, but who is to say that something close to DB wouldn't come back again in the future when things change? Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not um, close to the idea of um, you know a sort of defined benefit pension scheme or pension system coming back into the picture and through actu- pensions actuaries um, being able to sort of work and apply themselves in that um, side of things. But also, I think the current reality is that, you know, the work is is changing. You know, it's it's more DC now. Many pension schemes are closed. And, and, and so many people that I, that I worked with, um, you know, questioned Every time they got a chance to speak to senior managers, they question. They always ask the question, you know, what's the future for us going to be? Um, and I think the, the response was always sort of like, oh, don't worry, you know, 20, 30 years ago when 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 I was in your shoes, I was asking the same questions, but you know, I'm still here, <laughs> you know, the worst. And and there is there is some truth in that um, because you know there's still loads of money in 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 the in the DB sector and uh, which needs to be managed and and so there's still there's still plenty of work um for pensions actuaries but i think in the future we're gonna have to be more flexible in terms of how we um approach work um we need to be more innovative in terms of thinking about 
what else what, what else can we do you know we can't afford to limit ourselves to the traditional types of pensions work i mean i mean one one person i spoke to fairly recently um stuart mcdonald who did a lot of work during covid in terms of helping the government with the statistics on mortality during covid um he's a pension he's a pensions actuary at least at least he he works at lcp and he sort of helps with sort of mortality studies and that kind of thing and that was something that i felt like from from speaking to him that was something that i felt like well that's him that's someone thinking outside of the box that's someone trying something that isn't sort of mainstream um so i think we have a lot of skills we need to be more flexible innovative maybe more brave um about what we can do outside of just you know pension valuations and and you know so i i think the future will be interesting i think we just need to be more open-minded overall um that's what i would say what about people that are just starting they've just got their first job graduated mm. starting mm. at whatever company what what advice would you give to someone who's just starting their actual journey now oh good question um i guess i'd flip that and say what advice would i give myself if i could go back um sort of seven eight years ago hmm. and it probably will be you know to try to try many things um you know, if you have, if you, I said this before, if you have a curious mindset, you don't necessarily know what you're going to end up loving, but give yourself a chance. You know, if you, if you get put on, on a client or, you know, try and do different things, different types of projects, different types of, um, work on different clients. You know, if, if you, if you find that you're, 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 you're starting to, get comfortable like you know you know what you're doing and and you're not feeling challenged anymore you know how about ask to be put on a new set of clients yeah cause i think that's how you really learn and i think i was quite fortunate to have worked in a consultancy as well because um, i think in consult in consultancies i think you naturally get more breadth um and variety of um of work um so yeah my advice would be yeah just be be curious um Go for things, challenge yourself, because that would really help you to learn. And once you learn, once you, once you've got that sort of solid um, grounding of the work, um, it then becomes a lot easier to understand the commercial stuff, and and you can sort of yeah go anywhere really. Um, I guess another one would be don't be don't be scared to to ask questions. What I mean by that is number of times I've been thinking something in my head and I'm feel, you know, feeling like, oh, something looks odd about this set of results in my front. And I was too scared or too shy to sort of raise it in the room because I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, maybe, maybe it's obvious. Maybe everyone knows what this is. I mean, it's just me who doesn't know it. But actually, the few times that I've actually had the courage to say something I realized that actually, you know, those things have probably not been mentioned before, or, or even when, even even if they have been, someone someone in the room hasn't heard it before, and and you're you're sort of helping to to sort of share the knowledge, or helping to helping the group to review why they make that decision. So I think I think people appreciate people that have the courage to 
point out things when 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 they're not when they don't look quite right or just yeah just challenge things have that courage have the bravery to challenge things i think that would, that would be my second one three weeks into a brand new job i imagine there are lots of questions that you'll have are you are you putting that into practice <laughs> now <laughs> well it's, it's easier to say than to than to do i guess like like a lot <laughs> of things but i, I mean you got to be careful as well because you, you know you you don't want to be too full on you know you need to gauge how you come at these things but when 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 you have the opportunity to um you should uh, yeah i try to i try to ask you know why 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 do we do this like that and i think the feedback i've gotten so far is you know they encourage us to to um yeah to speak up or or think of if you have if you have an idea of how to improve something um yeah bring it up talk about it um people people the best places to work are places where people are encouraged to um to challenge ideas you've you've talked about travel um what what else do you do when you're not when you're not at work <laughs> i guess my traveling um also kind of opened me up to um i guess so I, was in, I was in south america for for 3 months and and um i think i found out or i learned that um in order to have a a real experience of what i mean being able to speak the language would be very helpful. So you go to you go to one place as a tourist, as a regular tourist, and you go there with some language, and you have very different experiences because you can actually like you know speak with speak with the native people, and understand a bit better what that place is about. Yeah. So I have been um, learning a bit of Spanish um, oh, nice. in the last year or so um yeah i just it kind of just stuck with me when i when i came back and i thought you know could be of extra time at the weekend you know i could i could do something different and um yeah i've i've, I've really enjoyed it um so every every sunday i i speak with someone from from colombia yeah as in you you're having lessons or you just have a conversation in spanish to just conversations in spanish oh, nice. um, for an hour and um yeah i guess in my in my in my in my in my commute usually in the morning I I go through like some grammar some grammar notes some yeah. uh, you know that kind of thing so yeah it's it's fun it's fun it's different it takes takes your mind away from the day to day yeah and like I said before I'm a big football football person so um you know whenever I kind of go to I go to matches or I play um sort of in my casual five side um with yeah. with, with the guys. My final question is, what are you looking forward to in the next 12 months? And that could be work-related, it could be personal, it could be one of each. I've just started at a new, at a new job. I think um, I'm looking forward to growing. Um, I'm looking forward to really understanding the business. Yeah, I think, I think you know, yeah, I, I met a lot of my new colleagues um, yesterday and um, there's just so many people to learn from, so many people to sort of, you know, work with. So I'm looking forward to that. Um you know, looking forward to growing in my new role over the next 12 months. I'd love to find out next year whether you're going to two Christmas parties again. It's, <laughs> it's so nice that they've invited, you know, you're going yeah. to the new, the new one and also your, your old colleagues. I don't, think so I'll get, I, I don't think I'll get an invite next year. Let's just do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, thank you so much for your, for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure to, to get to know you. Um, if anyone's listening and they've, they'd like to get in touch with you just to 
just ask you a few questions about about your experience or, or what you're doing now are you happy for them to do so and what's the best way yeah you... yeah yeah i think i think my linkedin is is the, the sort of easiest way um yeah getting get in touch on linkedin um and yeah more than more than happy to have a chat i think having a chat has has saved my life um having many chats have you know have helped me in in many many um situations where i was confused about things so yeah if anyone wants to have a chat i'm all always more than happy to to speak about any yeah whatever it is even if it's in spanish if anyone wants to have a chat in spanish uh, that might be maybe may a bit more challenging um talking, <laughs> talking about about work in spanish but no um brilliant well thank you again it's been an absolute pleasure and yeah thanks for just just being yourself and being open and honest and uh, uh i really appreciate it and i wish you all the best no thank you very much james um yeah it's been nice. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Actuarial People. Please don't forget to subscribe and consider leaving a review. If you have any questions or feedback or any suggestions for future guests, please contact me on info at actuarialpeople.com. This podcast is sponsored by my recruitment company, Turner Perkins, and you can contact me there at james.turner at turnerperkins.com. Hope to see you again.